This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. I'm Kyler. And I'm Dallin. And we're here to talk about the moments, magic, and memories that we love in film. There's a lot to hate, but if you look a little deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope we can pass that on to you. Darren, that's me. I know, just like me, maybe even more so, that you like Aston Martins. Yes, in fact, I do. Yeah. You, you've driven one. I have, in fact, driven one. <laughs> Which one did you drive? It was a DB11. Um, that was in 20... No. 17, right? Because you got married in 20... Yeah, yeah, yeah 17. I yes, know, you were wedding date better than you. No, I was just trying to remember <laughs> if that was on... I, that was on the way back from mm-hmm. our honeymoon, but... Yeah. Um, I was just trying to remember if it was that trip or a different one, oh, but yeah. it was that one. That was an interesting trip. <laughs> that was a really cool experience to drive an Aston Martin and yeah. like, honestly, kind of magical. Right. Um, but the really, really unfortunate thing is that we uh, got to Las Vegas, which is, we were driving back from basically California mm-hmm. um, and we stopped in Las Vegas for like the night before we went back up to our house basically. But um, this was... I think the day after or two days after the shooting, the really bad shooting oh, that happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. So like the entire strip was shut down and yeah. the thing we were originally going to do there was completely close. So we're just like, sure. uh, I don't know what to do. Like, right. <laughs> and so we just kind of like chilled for the night and then we did that in the next day and then drove home. So yeah, it was really fun, but also like kind of just really depressing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But, uh, one of the reasons I bring this up is because the movie we're watching today has quite a few Aston Martins in it. Uh, yes. <laughs> four, actually, I think. Is it just four, or is there more of them? I think there's four, because there's DB, DB5, is that the... No, DBS. Oh, that yeah, that's the, the new no, one later. Yeah, the old one. The old one's the yes. DB5, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know all of them. I Googled it at one point, but, uh, like, yeah, there, there was four Aston Martins. There's, there's several, at least. Yeah. <laughs> At least four. I, w- I was just thinking... Uh, it had the DB5, one. the uh, V8 Saloon, which is the black one. Yeah. And then it uh, also featured the 2021 Aston Martin DBS yeah. and a concept car called the Aston Martin Valhalla. Which w- looks like a freaking race car. Yeah. And it was just in the background for yeah, it one didn't do scene. Much. Like, yeah. it, they didn't do anything with it. It yeah. was just there because <laughs> it's cool. But you know what? That's fine. Yep. I am A-OK with that. That's James Bond. But... What comes with Aston Martins is, in fact, James Bond, which comes with the movie No Time to Die. Yeah. I actually think it's really interesting that they, they don't call it, like, James Bond, No Time to Die. Well, how it's always presented, like, if you use, like, posters or, like, the mm-hmm. DVD or something, it says, like, Albert R. Broccoli presents Daniel Craig as James Bond in No Time to Die. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how, how it usually goes. And with this one, they actually went back to the... The old tradition of the the double O seven in the title, uh, not in this one, not in this one. That was in Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Uh, no time to die. Oh, I, I was just thinking because yeah. they had the no and two. Oh yeah, so, so they no could have done it. to die. Yeah. So they, yeah, okay. I thought they did, but because yeah. um, with Skyfall and Spectre, they just they weren't they didn't have O's. Yeah, <laughs> so they couldn't do that. Nope. Um, so yeah, uh, this movie came out in twenty twenty one. It is PG thirteen. 
stars Daniel Craig, Anna de Armas, Rami Malek, Leah uh, Sado. Leah Sado. Uh, and Sido, uh, I think. Actually. Lashana Lynch and Ray Fiennes. And it's directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga. That is a name. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, this was this was a fun one. And originally, we... Uh, well, we, we pivoted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we pivoted a little <laughs> bit. Because I originally wanted to do Casino Royale. But it was it was pretty much between these two. And we'll probably do Casino Royale down well, the line. It, we, you, we, we're trying to be better. Because yeah. we have that ongoing problem where it's like, Oh, what do we watch? We don't know. Uh, we yeah. sit down and then we get distracted or, can, or like start thinking about other things. And then we're just like, I don't want to watch that one anymore. Yeah. I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're like, no, we're going to make a list. We're going to stick to that list. We're going to decide the week before what we're going to watch, and we're just going to do it. Yep. And then we got here, and you're like, yeah, we're going to do uh, Quantum... No. Casino Royale. Casino Royale, not Quantum Solids. Um, and I was like, ah, but I just watched that one like last month. And then you're like, yeah, haven't... You, you brought the fact that I hadn't seen No Time, uh, no to, time die. to Die. And so I was like, you want to do that? And you're like... Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I originally had it in between that, but uh, I originally was like, you know, what? I'll start with the first one, you know, because but like since you watched it, already, I was like, you know, what? let's just do No Time to Die. Let's just, yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it's fun that you hadn't seen it before. So, well, yeah, the, the reason I watched Casino Royale is because it had been a really long time since I had seen well that one and really any of the other ones, um, and so I wanted to, I was trying to like kind of brush up mm. on them, and I had never seen Quantum of Solace, so I like I just had no idea. Yeah, and I think part of it was I mean this is something that I guess we can sort of jump in a little bit here, but like for me following the storyline of these movies has always been like a little difficult. Sure, and I think it's that's mainly because of myself. Like I didn't watch them in order. I like I started with Skyfall. And then Spectre, and I was just like, I mean, they were fun movies, and I really, really enjoyed them. Like, I'm not trying to say I didn't have a good experience. Yeah, it's just with the story. But I was just like, where did this come? Like, where where are these things coming from? Right. I don't know. And like, at the same time, that's also fine. Like, like I said, it didn't hinder my enjoyment of the movie Mm -hmm. to not know where things were coming from and like not know what was in the past. Yeah. Because with. With spy movies, like, you just kind of assume that there's, like, things that you're not going to know and it's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. And so, like, kind of in sort of isolation, each of these movies, like, stands on their own. Yeah. Um, And, and, like, you were kind of pointing out, as we were discussing this a little bit, that a lot of the older James Bond movies were just all one-offs. Like, they didn't have an overarching story. Yeah, there were some that may have followed certain story beats or Mm -hmm. one uh, Sean Connery one would have certain things and then, like, a Pierce Brosnan one may may have certain things from that Sean Connery one or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But, like, most of the time... They were like standalone, you know, mm-hmm. every James Bond story was new. And, uh, you know, Daniel Craig's was like kind of the first that had this overarching story, which is funny because I still think that it has the overarching story, but I think it's fine if you do just watch them out of order as well. well. Yeah. 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 Like they work as uh, their own stories mm-hmm. um, because they do a good job at like, you know, oh, there's Spectre's a thing and, you know, whatever. And, uh, all the other storylines that have come before it. But... Uh, it, it, it helps it a little bit when like you just sit down and watch them all and you're like, oh, these all connect. Yeah. Like, I mean, in this movie, we get a few Casino Royale callbacks, you know? like Yeah. And and that's that's really cool. So before we get a little further, I want to do my my thing. My part of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so not only Kyler gets to be special. Oh. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie, um, here's a quick sort of rundown to, to give you an idea. 
Uh, Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace in short li- sorry, his peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto a the trail of a mysterious villain armed with de- dangerous new technology. Wow, I stumbled through that. <laughs> I was usually I don't stumble that much. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. You got like I've said before, we do this live. <laughs> we do. I don't know. <laughs> Gee, but I, I didn't notice. <laughs> we don't script our entire episode out before we start. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that pretty much pretty much sums it up. I mean, it's a good start. There's a lot that goes on in this oh, yeah. movie. I mean, there's a lot that goes on in all of them. But I think this one probably does the most as far as like tying everything up. Mm-hmm. Especially because, well, spoiler alert, it's the last one in the, at least the Daniel Craig... Craig saga we'll talk more about that when we get to it but like it's his final movie as james bond and so like it is kind of tying up his whole story and yeah just real quick i'm I'm throwing i'm throwing him in the ring here this is my choice for the next bond richard madden there we go that's really don't know who that is uh he plays icarus in eternals ah yeah yeah Yeah. okay cool he's also rob stark in game of thrones i don't know i just think he'd be great everyone's saying we already have another 007 though (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. She was in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, it did a good job at wrapping things up, especially wrapping things up with these five movies, mm-hmm. which is uh, really cool. But, yeah, I mean, I was this movie's been anticipated for me for a while, especially since this was, unfortunately, one of the movies that got affected by COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't it yeah. get delayed? Yeah, because it was done filming and everything, but it got delayed because of COVID, and then it just kept, like, supposed to come out in uh, early 2020, like April, I think, which mm-hmm. was right in the middle of everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they delayed it to, like, November 2020, and that didn't pan out either. I think it ended up coming out in November 2021, but, like, originally they were like, oh, we'll try April of 2021, then summer 2021, and then they just kept... Just like, eh. like, uh, like, I was just getting so antsy for this movie, and every time they would delay it, I was like, oh, come on, please. Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> because I have grown up, obviously, you know, I always talk about how my dad has introduced me to so many movies. He... Mm-hmm. Introduced me to the original James Bonds, and uh, you know my grandpa liked them too. And so it, it, it was almost those movies where they were fun little action movies that were also kind of funny. Like if you watch some of the old ones, they're very funny. Like, yeah, with, like some of the corny lines and things. Like they're very funny. So it was it was one of those things that I was like, oh yeah, I like James Bond. They're funny movies. Uh, pretty much that's kind of how I thought of them. I was like, they're funny movies. They have some cool action. And also the uh, the Golden Eye game was amazing. Yeah, um, I mean. <laughs> Like, and, uh, like, I really liked Pierce Brosnan, like, I liked the GoldenEye movie and everything, and that was fun, but I didn't really gravitate too much to it until Daniel Craig. That was, like, you know, like, I'm sure everyone who's watched James Bond has a certain James Bond where they're like, that's my James Bond. And I feel like even if my choice of Richard Madden comes to pass, I feel like I still might compare him and be like, oh, but he's not doing what Daniel's doing, you know? I I think kind of the energy I get from it is sort of like... A lot of people I knew had a Doctor Who face. Oh, yep. And they always have like a, oh, who's the best doctor? And for me, it was always uh, Matt Smith. For me, I have a different choice because like I watched it a lot when, uh, you know, because a lot of our friends at that time, it was like Mm -hmm. during junior high, we all loved Doctor Who. And I liked Matt Smith and uh, David Tennant. 
But like for some reason, I really gravitated towards uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston. No, uh, Peter Capaldi. Who came oh after. yeah, the new one. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the older guy. Which it's funny. A lot of kids who started with David Tennant, and Matt Smith, who loved it, kind of fell off at, when Peter Capaldi came on. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I love this grumpy old guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he's kind of my favorite Doctor. And yeah. but I mean, it's funny that they're both British icons too, Doctor yeah. Who and James Bond. <laughs> but yeah, it's like. There was something about Daniel Craig, especially when I saw Casino Royale, that I just, I was like, oh man, I like his style. <laughs> and it, it might be a little bit more because I read uh, some of the Ian Fleming, James Bond novels as a kid, and uh, his novels are a lot more serious in tone mm-hmm. compared to some of the goofier movies. And uh, so like when I saw Casino Royale, uh, not only was that the first James Bond book uh, that uh, I read, I read Casino Royale and a couple others, but Casino Royale was the one I loved. And so like... I knew that I was more familiar with that story and seeing it play out that way and with this new Bond. And maybe because he was blonde. Whenever I see like a blonde, especially when I was younger, whenever I saw a blonde character, like I know there's quite a few, but like uh, like I was like, oh, cool, I'm blonde, he's blonde. Cool. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've mentioned it before, but like representation is important. Yeah. And with that, it's like, like you said, it's not difficult to find, find a blonde, blonde yeah. like white male protagonist. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but, like, but it's like he was the first blonde James Bond. That's why a lot of people, that, yeah, yeah, like and, that was important for you. Yeah, and just just as that is, like, just as the, that would be cool is like people have thrown Idris Elba in the ring for James Bond, which I think would be awesome. I think too. that would be dope. Yeah, no, like I I personally think like I had an idea for him that it, I was like, oh, they got to do like a couple movies with Idris Elba and have it maybe go back in time, maybe go back to the. 60s oh that would be fascinating yeah and have it kind of grittier and you know like that would be really fascinating right like <laughs> like i was like that would be awesome i think and i think i mean he just would do great it's it's a little to- a little off topic but like going kind of going back to doctor who yeah the most recent doctor was a woman mm-hmm. yeah and like a lot of people freaked out about that yeah like oh it's been a man the whole time you can't just change it and i was just like why not yeah like that's kind of the point like also the master yeah. In the older ep- like the older series, with David Tennant and I think also possibly with Matt. Smith no, so she bit. only changed into a, a woman in the uh, uh, um, Peter Capaldi stuff. Well, no, I, but I'm seeing the Master, oh, his yeah. main antagonist, yeah. like the the yeah. other Time Lord. Yeah, no, yeah. she uh, Mitzi. Yeah, wasn't is she, that the newer one? Yeah, wasn't she only in? Yeah, I, I swear that was before. Yeah, I think she was only in the. Uh, okay, yeah. I haven't seen the show in a really long yeah. time. Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like also. Here's the thing with that show, like there aren't really rules. No, yeah. no one really cares. Like because no, they're time traveling. He was supposed to ha- stop at uh, re- regeneration a while ago. And, yeah, and then yeah, it's they already broke a bunch of their but, rules. But like you said, though, <laughs> the representation matters. I mean, the next Doctor after this uh, this woman, uh, Jody. I don't. Know I forget her name. Her name. I, I think it's Jody. I may be completely wrong. Um, after her, it's going to be a person of color, which is really cool. It's, same with James Bond. It's like seeing yourself in that person. I mean, James Bond's always been a white guy, but you get all different shapes and so you get like the Irish Sean Connery. What? Uh Jody Whitaker. Oh, I knew it was Jody. Yep. I knew there was <laughs> See, you you got a gift, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it's just uh it it'd be really cool if like the next James Bond was a person of color or yeah. oh, you know, or if it was a gay James Bond. We talked about how, you know, like James Bond is kind of a character that kind of makes sense if he was pansexual or something, you know? Oh, yeah. I was joking about that during the movie. Who was it with? It was when, he, when they went over to Q's house. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, I just kind of half expected him to just give Q a big old wet kiss right in the mouth. <laughs> and I was like, 
That would be interesting. Yeah. If there's a James Bond who is just, like, pansexual. Yeah. And so he just, like, slept with everyone instead <laughs> of just all the hot women. Like... Yeah. Well, and like I said to you, in Skyfall, it kind of alludes to it a little bit. Like, whether it was a joke from Bond or anything. But, mm-hmm. like, when... Um... Silva? Silva, yeah, yeah. When, when he, like, grabs his leg and he's like, oh, is this your first time? And Bond's like, well, it's hardly my first. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah it, it's like, who knows? But, like, it, it's really cool when you can see yourself in movies. And when I see myself in these characters, like I said, like James Bond, it's like, it really reinforces for me that this matters. Because, like, that's not just something that I need to enjoy a movie. Like, I can enjoy a movie and not see myself in any of the characters. But, like, when you do... It, it makes it more personal. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I think that may be why I gravitated towards this Bond, at least partly, because he was the first blonde, James Bond, and I was like, oh, cool. So, I mean, this is a bit more of something I wanted to talk about later, but, like, it feels appropriate to kind of get into it now. Mm-hmm. This movie felt a little different mm-hmm. with, with Bond, mm-hmm. and in a very good way, at least for me, because there are several, like, key moments and key characters that bring out this softer side of Definitely. Bond. And previously, like, he's been a very hardened sort of man. And I think... Well, and that kind of... Uh, I mean, in Casino Royale, you kind of see why he's become that man. Exactly. Because of Vesper and because she betrayed him and everything. I mean, his final line was, you know, they're like, how you doing, Bond? And he's like, it's fine. The bitch is dead. You know, and th- that's also a line that's verbatim, verbatim from the book. Too. Yeah. It's like, that hardens him. That, yeah. But, like... At the beginning of this movie, she also has him kind of face that, where he goes to Vesper's grave. And sorry if I'm cutting you off a little bit. No, you're good. You're good. um, (laughs) But one thing that stuck out to me that adds to this kind of softer side of Bond that you were talking about is when he visits Vesper's grave and he says, I miss you. And then he burns that note that says, forgive me. And I think that kind of starts part of his more softer side in in this film. Which you still get that, you know, badass guns blazing James Bond, but of course, but it's nice, like you said, to see that softer bit. Well, I mean, the thing that to me stood out even more so than just that part of it was, again, like I want to talk about this a little later, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) Specifically the scene with, um, I have to remember his name. Felix. Felix, yes. Who was the CIA CIA agent. Mm Mm-hmm who was originally in Casino Royale and then Quantum of Solace as well. And played by the amazing Jeffrey Wright. Like, he's great in everything Westworld. Uh, He was recently Gordon in The Batman. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, He also played the, like, head researcher in uh, Source Code. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. And he was also uh, in The Hunger Games, uh, uh, The Catching Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's Um, amazing. Regardless, like, he does a great job. Like, he comes in to kind of, like, get bond back into the game a little bit yeah because he they need help finding a target in uh cuba and then he asks bond to help and bond agrees and then they go out and because of their like shared history i mean there's a lot going on behind the scenes and then eventually they're sort of betrayed and by book of mormon shot yeah (laughs) i love that joke (laughs) yeah because because felix has a new young partner who is very Clean Very cut. smiley. Yeah, clean yeah. cut guy, you know, uh, and he makes a joke. He's like, oh, where'd you find Book of Mormon? To, you know. <laughs> and that, that's another line to where, like, it shows kind of their history and their, like, friendship, you yeah. know. And uh, they have a lot of jokes like that, mm-hmm. you know, like when he agrees to do this with Felix, he calls him on the phone and you hear Felix on the other end being like, yes, he said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, uh, Felix is shot and then... The first thing that I actually wrote down, because I thought it was, the delivery was very powerful, 
was uh, when Bond comes down and sees him, he says, that's a lot of blood. Yeah. And it's like a very sort of matter of fact, like, like when him you, saying like, you're going to die. Yeah. When you see that much blood, you know, it's not a good yeah, thing. That's, that's his way of sort of understanding the whole situation. And then they blow up, blow a hole in the side of their, it's like a, a little oil rig or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know exactly what it is. Yeah. It's not a boat, but like they blow a hole in it. It starts sinking. And then Felix is like, you can't get me out, man. You got to let me go. Well, and gotta... the, the whole time you see, like, as the water is filling, it's getting harder and harder for Bond to drag Felix with him. Well, yeah, the thing I was saying to you yeah. is, like, when an object sinks into water, I, I learned this from a Mythbusters episode, because there's they're a story about a car going into the water. Yeah. Um, you have to wait for it to fill up, because the water is rushing in, and it will pull you with it. Mm-hmm. Water is really heavy, mm-hmm. yeah. so you will get sucked right in. And so, like, while he's trying to pull him out, while they're still, like, partially submerged and the water's all rushing in, like... That's gonna overpower him. Yeah. Even as James Bond, like. <laughs> well, it's like Bond was holding on to Felix when he knew that Felix was gone, but he yeah. just he just didn't want to give him up. And you know? the moment that like it got me, like I started to tear up a little bit, was Felix is basically saying like you have to leave me. Bond knows he's right, and he like reaches up and he like caresses his face almost. Yeah. Like he just sort of like holds his head for a moment, and it's well, just you, like you, like you said, you see that like caress, like he moves yeah. his thumb across his cheek, like yeah. it's. It's this really brief, like, tender moment that I didn't expect at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it was surprising. And I was just like, man, that's really real. Like, that hits. <laughs> yeah. It's something that, like, I, I it's interesting. I, I talked to you a little bit about this. I For my history class, which I just started, we recently just read The Epic of Gilgamesh, which I won't go into the whole the whole story if you mm-hmm. haven't read it before, but it's... The main thing why this is relevant is because it's one of the first his- or the first examples in history of a like brotherhood story, right. and like it's been kind of debated like were they just friends were they something more we don't really know like sure. contextually it's a little difficult to like get from there mm-hmm. like there's a lot of readings you could mm-hmm. have, but I, I had to write about it and I was sort of writing about how like it felt like like it was sort of built up to be like oh it's this the story of like a true friendship of like these two brothers. And, like, when it talks about how Gilgamesh feels towards his friend Enkidu, um, it says, like, I felt like I loved him like a mother loves a child. Something mm-hmm. like that. Like, he was drawn to him. Like, they were pulled together yeah. to be these brothers that were, like, you know, supposed to go out and adventure and, like, build each other up. And then, like, my sort of reading from it is that Gilgamesh kind of used Enkidu to, like, like elevate himself. Sure. To, to become, like, a historical figure, like a hero. That lived beyond his life because that's mm-hmm. one of his main problems. Is he's like, I'm gonna die and no one's gonna know who I am and uh, sad. But like, it was just it got me thinking about like this idea, this thing where it's like there's there's not a lot of representation of like tender love between men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that it hits for me mm-hmm. because like that's how I feel about a lot of our friends. Right. Yeah. Like I've. <laughs> me and you have sat together and cried several times. Oh yeah, talking yeah. about deep stuff. Like I'll call Mikey, and when we hang up, we say "love you, man" or something. You know, yeah, every time. Yeah, every time. You know, like and it's same with you and stuff like that. You know, and like you said, when you see it on screen, it kind of takes you. It back. surprised yeah. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "That's that's important. Like yeah. that's something that's really important." To show people. Well, I think it goes along with that representation type of thing. Yeah. This is a different form of it. But, like, it, it, it's, it's like it's it's fine to have this badass, awesome, James Bond-like character. 
but that doesn't mean that he's just a cold, you know, like, uh, like you know, in yeah. the past, that's what he would have been like. He's mm-hmm. this cold kind of, oh, only ladies, man. I don't show any other emotion, you know? Yeah, there's just sort of this stigma. It's like, oh, you can't show affection towards another man. Yeah, I'm going to say it, but, like, this is bad, yeah. but, like, that's gay. Like, or, 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 yeah, no, people... That's a very problematic thing to say, like, yeah. in today's day and age. And I agree. Like, yeah. I used to say that a lot. Well, and that, that's the thing that gets someone like, insecure is if they think they show that kind of thing. Oh, that person's going to think that I'm showing romantic feelings towards them or something. Well, or, yeah, yeah. Like, like when I was talking about how I was writing about this story of Gilgamesh, yeah. I was like, there's this stigma where like showing affection towards another man is like weakness or vulnerability. Mm-hmm. or like I used a couple of different adjectives. People see that as a negative thing. But to truly have a real relationship with someone, you have to show those things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, me and you wouldn't be the brothers we are today if we hadn't have had so many of those talks where no. we, like, break down to each other yeah. and talk about all the things that are, like, tearing us apart on the inside and stuff like that. Yeah, like, no, showing it, the vulnerability. It brings us closer. It brings us more into that brotherly, like, state, you know, that we have become. And, like, another line that got me is later in this movie is when he he's fighting them in the forest and uh, he meets Book of Mormon again. <laughs> and... and uh, and I, don't know. I don't even know if he has a name yeah. that they say in the movie. Uh, it's Logan Ash, I think. Ah. Um, but like, We're still going to call him Book of Mormon. Yeah, he, he, meets, <laughs> he meets him, and Logan Ash's car crashes, and he falls out. And he's, it, he's very beat up. Yeah, he like, looks like his nose is broke. He's like, yeah, and the car is like teetering on the edge, like it's breaking a tree. You know, it's going to fall on him. Mm. And uh, Logan's like, hey, Bond, nice moves. Maybe we can work something out, brother. And Bond kind of stops and is like, I had a brother. His name was Felix Leiter, and then pushes and the he cart. like yeah power moves the entire <laughs> cart <laughs> yeah and that kind of hit me because he was like Felix was my brother and you killed him and it really it really showed that like with that tender moment that they were brothers they had this history and that yeah. line that Felix's last line he's like he was a good life right and Bond yeah. is like the best and you know he 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 was he the the best there is the best there is I think yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so he comforted him in that moment, and it was, it kind of hurt me a little bit too. You know, I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it because <laughs> earlier, you know, Felix was like, ah, yeah, I want to get back to my family and tell them I saved the world again. You know, and yeah, yeah, he wasn't able to do that, but um, yeah, it's really nice when you see those, uh, really important, like you said, when you see that type of. Relationship. I mean, that's that's also part of the reason why, like, there's been a few times on this podcast that yeah. we've sort of like talked about real things, and it kind of you know gets us. Yeah. And opening up in that way, like, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's it, it's helping us build, like, a better relationship together. Mm-hmm. But, like, also just, like, that's real. Yeah. That's real. Like Well, and like you said, you don't see that a lot in movies. I mean, one of the only other things I can really think of is Lord of the Rings. That, that yeah. you, those movies were always a praise for the, like, tenderness that the men have toward each other. I mean, when... Aragorn kisses Boromir on the forehead when he passes, you know, and the, just just how he held his hand while he was dying, you know, that, and, you know, Boromir's classic, my brother, my captain, my king, you know. Yeah. yeah. And on, like, all four of the hobbits, too, like, it's just, it, yeah. it set a different precedent. It did. I, I mean, I'm sure, for a lot of our friends, at least, that's part of the reason why those movies are so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's because those relationships felt real, and like it, like you said, it catches you off guard a little bit when you realize this in a James Bond movie because you don't really expect yeah. that from. Because like, 
for lack of a better term, James Bond for so long has kind of just been like a sex icon. Yeah. Like sex he's, action. He's yeah. he goes around, he shoots all the bad guys, he he gets all the women and like he drives the nice car and he's just cool. Yeah. And like that's fun and awesome and like I'm not going to like clown on that at all, but yeah. like just seeing this deeper more like meaningful emotion yeah. from him in a way that's like actually really satisfying and really believable. It really, I mean, obviously, it really got me. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it's really nice, like you said, and I think that's another reason why I may have gravitated towards the Daniel Craig is because all of his movies have had more of a, he feels more like a real person. Yeah. Not saying that the other movies are bad or that he didn't feel like that, but like he, he feels more uh, genuine and yeah. like that he actually cares about what he's doing instead of like, oh, I'm just here to look cool and uh, have sex, you know? It's like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's always one scene. Yeah. There's always one. <laughs> and I mean, he still has that swagger. He still has that James Bond. Uh, like, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when uh, him and Ana de Armas are fighting together. <laughs> that's that, that's his crush. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, when they're fighting together and, like, uh, one of my favorite things that happens to Daniel Craig in his movies is whenever he, like, falls down and, like, he gets back up and he's all, like... Dazed. He, he like and, straightens his shirt. Yeah, it and, almost seems like he's a little miffed. Yeah, he's yeah. like, ah, oh, I got knocked down. Like, <laughs> yeah. he straightens his shirt and kind of like shakes off the like dizziness or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he walks up to Anadair Moss like in the middle of the battle, and they pour a drink. And and he's like, wow, three weeks training, huh? And she's like, oh, more or less. And he's like, well, salute. And they <laughs> and, and they uh, toast their drinks and then get back to fighting. And we already talked about the Aston Martins. Yeah, that's one of my like ooh. That's nice. It's like a weak spot for me, right? Yeah. We didn't talk about this very much with Knives Out. Yeah. But that dress. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was mean. That was rude. <laughs> Who's the director again? Uh, Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Yeah, that guy. Um, that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, James Bond is always, you know, like like we said, it has these more real moments, but it's always got to have that eye candy or that, you yeah. know, like, 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 and I mean, even oh, even Bond, you get the, the shirtless scenes and stuff. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I just to touch on Anna de Armas for, for a brief moment, beyond just like, man, she's really, really attractive. Yeah. Um, I thought her inclusion was like, it was... Very interestingly similar to Knives Out. Yeah. Um, the character, like, obviously they're very different people. Mm-hmm. One was, like, a nurse, and then the other one is now, like, a spy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the sort of the quirky nature, like, and the personality that she had is was very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and not something you'd quite expect, you know? Exactly. Like, she's, he, Bond asked her, he's like, how long have you been doing this? She's like, oh, I've had three weeks training. And it's just like... Oh. Well, Bond was like, oh, this is going to go great. And she's just like cheerily going into this, basically, I mean, it's Spectre. It's a Spectre meeting. These guys are like some of the most dangerous people on the entire planet. And she's just like kind of bubbly and like going around and like making jokes and stuff the whole time. And I was was like, this is, I I really like this. It's really enjoyable. And almost certainly because I'm biased. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I like, like, there was like one moment when she got in the car and crashed it to get the guy down. Yeah. Like she started like laughing to herself. I thought that was. And then Bond comes up. He's like, you all right? I'm pretty sure she says certainly. And I was like, that's good. (laughs) But also like. She also does a good job. Yeah, no. She's yeah. very handy with, uh, I don't know, I'm not even going to try to say what kind of gun it was, but yeah, whatever but that like She had little the pistol and like, the submachine gun and like was using both of them, yeah. It, that was, was, it was very good. Well, and seeing how she was like kicking the guys and, oh man, being kicked in the face with a high heel, that's probably not great. 
And with that much leg behind it, like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. You know, I think I'd be okay. I think I'd take that one. I'd take it for the team. <laughs> for the good of the mission, I will go. <laughs> but it, it's really funny how we talk about how, like, you know, we've seen Bond, James Bond in general evolve through, yeah, especially this movie. But it's fun when you get those classic Bondisms, I guess, you know, like, like, yeah. like when they when him and Anna de Armas go to the bar, he goes, they're like, oh, what drink do you have? And he's like, Vod- uh, vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. You know, he has that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they even do the Bond, James Bond, a couple yeah. times. But uh, Well, I, I mean, I also thought it was kind of funny that when they first go back, uh, they go down to the wine cellar. Yeah. And she starts taking off his shirt, and he's like, I, usually it doesn't go this quickly. <laughs> well, he, he's like, don't you think we should get to know each other first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like, basically he's like, are we gonna are we gonna bone? And she's yeah. just like, no. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, that's a good twist. Well, and she pulls up the suit, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that he, was a very fun sequence. No, yeah, and like I, I think it's kind of hilarious that she's credited second in the movie when she was only in it for like ten minutes. Yeah, and but like, also like again, very biased. I am not complaining in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing I told you is that Daniel Craig. Wh- while working with her on Knives Out, mm-hmm. uh, he suggested to the director that M. Darmash should be cast in this role because he loved working with her so much. Yeah. So that's another really cool I think thing. it's kind of interesting that, like, in each of these movies, they sort of, like, swapped roles, like, actors-wise. Because, mm-hmm. like, she was very normal in the world of Knives Out, and then he was, like, the weird, quirky detective guy. Yeah. And then in this one, he is a very, like, he's, like, the spy that you expect... Yeah when the spy walks into the room and then she's like kind of weird and quirky and goofy and like that's not how you expect the spy to act. Yeah. But uh, that's just a fun little <laughs> little thing. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, another thing I wanted, I mean, we've talked about this man a few times, I think, but Hans Zimmer is... Yes. <laughs> there, there's... there's uh, he did the am, score for this. I'm and, certain we will talk about Hans Zimmer every time. Yeah. But <laughs> the, uh, there are a lot of scenes in this movie that tickle my brain, you know, my, my like, action movie brain a little bit and... A lot of the times it's when Hans Zimmer has a specific cue in this movie where he takes like the bomb theme, but like he like deepens it where he goes like bum 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 and every time that happened in this movie I was like, Oh, okay, I get edge of my seat. Yeah, the the bomb theme that was going on in the background of the the menu while you were using the bathroom before we started. Um, I was just like getting hyped because that's another one of those songs that's like just so iconic. Well, and it's it's one of those things I can't remember where I read it, uh, but like when I was younger, I read somewhere that they did a, I can't remember who or what, but they did like a study and that playing that song to men makes mm-hmm. them like hyped and like oh yeah, let's get ready to go, let's let's do yeah. something, you know, like playing the James Bond song. It's like it it, it does something in us where we're like okay, let yeah. <laughs> it's the meme with the the chimpanzee and it's like neuron activates yeah and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> but but like another scene it's like some of the, even like like the music was in there but like there's some just scenes in this movie that just get me so hype like when he's riding the motorcycle and he goes up the stairs and jumps oh yeah and like every time that was on the trailer like before i saw the movie i was like okay i need to see this movie now <laughs> yeah and that was practical yep i i don't think that people were in the shot originally when they did the actual yeah. stuff, the, the like line of people. Yeah. But 
the the actual motorcycle going up over the top yeah. there. I was like, and I'm not sure if it was dope. actually Daniel Craig driving it. Probably but, not. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? Does he do a lot of his own stunts? I think he does some. Yeah, I, I think he does. I wouldn't but, be surprised, but but he's not Tom Cruise who does all of them. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, from the stunt men out of business. But th- there's a lot of moments in this that tickle that action movie brain of mine. You know where like oh and- well before I move on to that, that just reminded me of some something I want to talk about. But we we're talking about music, uh-huh. and I wanted to bring up the the bot or the themes. Yeah, the movie oh, themes. Yeah, because those are just like so good. It it's beautiful in a way. Like the. I'm sure you're going towards the main theme, the Billie Eilish, you know, No Time to Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah the the sort of like the beginning the title, title sequence, yeah. like title credits sort of thing. Yeah, that that for one is a beautiful song, but also like when they when they have like the instrumental version mm-hmm. sometimes when like Bond's talking to yeah. Madeline and and just like when uh, at the very end when Bond, spoiler alert passes on <laughs> uh that just that music happening that like epic you know sad like i don't think it would have hit me as much like it still would have hit me but if there was n- that music wasn't there it wouldn't have hit me quite as much yeah. and especially when he he was just saying like what what was his final words he he, he was like uh live your life or something i can't remember but you have all the time in the world oh yeah you have all the time in the world uh, yep and yeah. uh just the way that and also when he was like climbing up and telling Madeline that her daughter was the most beautiful thing because she made it, and you know, like I yeah. was like I was in tears, just like oh, See, fun. Yeah, that was that was another thing, kind of going back to sort of like the the tenderness. Seeing him with a child, mm. that's a dynamic that we haven't seen yet with Daniel Craig, at least uh, um, in Bond, as far as yeah. I know. Yeah. So like that for me was really compelling, and I I think it might be partially because of like. I've always had a dream to like be a father yeah and and like that's something that's really important to me and so it's like just sort of thinking about that like responsibility of protecting a child mm-hmm. it just like it, it like it was just a different dynamic mm-hmm. and then sort of like when they're running away him and Madeline and what what is the daughter's name Matilda Ma- Matilda yep just Matilda not Matilda no nope, just Matilda <laughs> all right I yeah. mean that worked because <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a French name, so probably. Yeah. Uh, but just like how he's driving away in their like little SUV thing, and then the other cars are chasing him, and it's just sort of like thinking about it in a different context. Because like without her being there, like they probably would have been just like shooting at the other guys. Just well, like, he would have been shooting and probably been a lot more violent. Oh yeah, he would have been like and stuff. And, he yeah. was he was like being careful about how he like got their car that like mm-hmm. disabled them like he knocked one off yeah. the road this way and then one up over a, like a, a rock this other way and then he's just like he was being very careful and deliberate about how we did all of this so that she would be okay and it was just like that's that's another side of bond we haven't seen before and it was another one that i really liked yeah it really it really added to this kind of uh bringing all of this story together about like bond's journey and stuff yeah. and and seeing that he has to protect his child. Well, at the time, he doesn't know it's his child. Or I think he has, like... I think he knows, but, but she does straight up tell him that she's not yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this this new responsibility that he has, uh, just... You can tell in his eyes that he's like, okay, things are different now. And then, like, at the very end, just seeing the way that Daniel Craig acted, you know, when Savin... Uh, Sa- uh, yes. Uh the main villain. Yeah, yeah. Rami Malek. Uh, when Safin got him in the face with the with the poison or the 
chem or it's it's, it's the nanobots. Uh, yeah. Heracles. Yeah, the, he got him in the face with the Heracles, which it was specifically made for Madeline. Yeah, and so it would get Madeline and uh, Matilde, and just seeing his face when he realized that, just you you could see the heartbreak and yeah. the like that he knew that he couldn't go back. This is something that hit me too. Um, this might be an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the past, I've thought about, like, I don't want to say I have, like, a bit of an anger problem. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I'm not always very good at controlling my anger. Right. Um, no, I think I may know where you're going because I think I was going to talk about this well, too. Well, yeah. yeah um, I was just sort of think like, I've thought about in the past, like, what is the point where I would, like, break and, yeah. like kill someone <laughs> yeah like imagining myself in a situation like that and i i mean i don't know why that was like sort of something i wanted to think about because it's kind of dark and yeah. scary like unironically kind of terrifying to think about mm-hmm. but like seeing how bond reacted when he realizes like i can never touch my like essentially my wife and daughter Dark. ever again well me- or i'll kill them and, and I can never go near them. Even before, like, when Savin closed the door again, and he yeah. was fighting Savin, and he broke Savin's arm. Yeah. Like, the, the, just how visceral that was. Like, he, like, the, 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 like, anger he had, he's like, you're gonna take everything away from me. You well, know, like, so, the thing I was gonna go into is, is, like, the way Bond kills Savin. Like, oh, yeah. That, I think, was very well done. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he just, like, looks at him. With this just face of absolute defeat. And he sits there for a second. And then just like, boom, boom, boom. Yep. Like, it's not even like a, a well-aimed he's, shot. He's it's, not he even just looking like, at him. Like, yeah, he just sort of like puts his arm over. Like, yeah. it's kind of askew. And then just three shots. Yeah, just, bah, 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 bah. And, and he's gone. And then it doesn't look at him anymore. That Like, he he is no longer in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. he basically, you see like his body in the background in the next mm-hmm. shot. And that's it. And like, I was thinking about that. And I was just like, that's not what I would do. Yeah. I would demolish that man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, but but like also at the same time, <laughs> Bond had a, you know, he knew what he had to do, and he knew like it kind of it, like you said, he was defeated. He was like, but at the same time, I think he also was at least they're safe. Yeah. Well, I mean that that was his main goal in the end. Yeah. Was to just get them to the point where they're safe. Like when he talked to Q, he's like, "Are they safe?" Yeah. You know, and then just like I yeah. said earlier, just, that, just sort of like thinking about like. What would I do in that situation? Oh, I know, yeah. It's, it's like, there's there's a movie with Hugh Jackman uh, called Prisoners. It's directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, it's all about, like, how Hugh Jackman and, uh, I forget who else is in it, but their kids get stolen mm-hmm. and, and get kidnapped. And uh, it's pretty much the whole movie is about, like, what would you do in this situation? You know, like, like Hugh Jackman. Father. Yeah. yeah, like Hugh Jackman kidnaps the guy that they think it is and he traps him into an unfinished house and uh, tortures him by putting, like, uh, like there's a hot water shower. I have watched this, yeah. but I've seen a video that was talking about it. Yeah. And yeah. There, and there's, like, so many scenes, too, where it's, like, like they're talking with the detective, which is Jake Yulanhule, and uh, they, uh, you know, they're showing him different clothes, be like, oh, is this your daughter's? Is this your daughter's? And most of it's not done. No, no, no. And then there's that one sock that is, and they don't say yes. They just, they just start, start silent. Yeah, silent, and like you see, like I think the wife starts crying, and then Hugh Jackman gets red in the face and starts, you know, yeah. and like yeah. that just gave me chills. Yeah, because like I'm again, I'm sort of like putting myself in that situation. Like yeah. I would be like inconsolable rage. Yeah. Like 
like, it's scary. Like that movie, <laughs> that movie's hard to watch uh, because of that kind of stuff. Uh, like me and my dad watched it together, and we walked out, and we're like, oh, pff, I, that was a good movie, but I don't know if I'd ever want to watch it again. I, I've had a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, one of them was uh, Deepwater Horizon. Oh, yep. That one. I think it was one of the first movies I cried during in the theater. Yeah. Because like. It, we won't get too into it. We might. I mean, we might cover it at some point. I don't yeah. know. It's a very powerful movie. It is. Uh, the one other one I can think of is actually one of our lost episodes. Oh, Greenland! It got like cut up and mangled. Like I don't know what happened, but that recording just like got destroyed. Yep. Um, but we watched that one, and like I think we cried like several times during the recording yeah. of that because we were just talking about like how would we react being like a father. When the world is ending and like we're trying to just protect our wife and child like as best we yeah. can. Well, and yeah. There's so many scenes that are just like heart wrenching because of things that happen, and it's just like it's terrifying. Well, and I think it's even more like it's crazy when it's in this like this James Bond movie where uh, it has some scenes like that, like you well, said, yeah. where you're like, "What would you do?" And it's crazy to see your hero. You know, James Bond is a cultural icon. See what he goes through and what yeah. he does, and well, like. The one that thing I think sticks out the most to me is when Safin has uh, Matt, uh, Matilde. Matilde, yeah, and he's basically like trying to negotiate with Bond. Yeah, and he like Bond is is like to the point where he's like you're gonna kill her, like, and he just like like grovels. Yeah, like I think part of that was because of his, uh, his, no, absolutely, yeah. like he was he's getting to a position where he could get to his his pistol, but. Um, I think a lot of that was also like real emotion. Like he right. was, he was terrified. He didn't know what, what to, he didn't know, he didn't know what else to do. And the only thing he could think of to keep her safe was to yeah. do what the man said. You know. Yeah, and he just like he, he was so like he he just like was reduced to nothing, and it was well. And you see what Savin was like when Bond got into that position, that like fetal position, you know, like bowing to him almost. Yeah. Uh, how kind of proud he looked uh, yeah. that he got Bond to that point. And it's it's yeah. like it's just a, a side of him that we've never seen, and I mm-hmm. think it's mainly because it's like now he has a child. Like yeah. that fundamentally changes a person. Like I I don't know what it's like yet because no. I have never had a child. Yeah. But like I can understand what it means mm-hmm. and like what it does to someone. It's it's like well yeah, just like I was saying earlier that that scene where he's talking to Madeline uh, through the headpiece and he's you know telling her he loves her and everything, and then when he says you have created one of the most beautiful things and it's all because it came from you and all this stuff and just like just how mm-hmm. raw he was and just how how much he did love her and like even before this like way before like when he meets her in his house and he says that everything's changed because of the way he loved her and that he's always loved her and that you know yeah that he always will and stuff like that you know he said the only regret he ever had was putting her on that train you know yeah like, that's one thing that I've kind of, like, I kind of expected that I wouldn't buy. Because James Bond is such, like we said before, he's like kind of just a sex icon. Like, yeah. he, he sleeps with all the hot women. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. And so it's just like, I don't know if I necessarily believe him when he's saying, like, he loves them. Or at least that was my initial impression. Yeah. That was what I initially thought I would feel. And it didn't feel that way. Yeah. Like, at all. It, like, it's, it's just, there's so much depth there that I didn't expect at all. There really is. And especially when you think of like Vesper was the first one that he ever loved. The first one Mm -hmm. that he ever. And I think one of the reasons he became such a womanizer sex icon is because he, (laughs) 
There's a line he actually says in this movie where he says to Felix, he's like, I, ch- I stopped trusting beautiful faces a long time ago. Yeah. At, where I feel like after Vesper and then for a little bit after this, he feels like, he's like, I can't fall in love again because that compromises me. That, you know, that that almost got me killed. That almost, you know, whatever. They, they broke my heart and I don't want ever, that to ever happen again. So I'm never going to fall in love. Yeah. So that's why he hops women to women, you know, and then... When he does find this person that he realizes that he doesn't want to be with, and especially the added dynamic of the child, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just interesting to see that uh, new dynamic with Bond. There's just, I don't know, I had something I was going to say, and then right as I started to say it, it kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, I hate when that happens. Um, but It was just going to be a continuation of what we were saying now, but like. But yeah, no, and it's it's great. Like, I love it when, uh, you know, there are some people that can, that will complain or will, uh, you know, like, oh, why'd you have to make James Bond, you know, cry? Or why'd you have to make James Bond, you know, uh, uh, have feelings or whatever? And I'm like, that adds to the character. Like, so that makes me, that makes me root for them more when he's shooting up people, you know, when he's going down to like, when I see that hallway, uh, that hallway scene that he turns around and yeah. does the classic James Bond thing, you know, that makes me root for him more when I know that he's a person, yeah. you know? Well, my immediate gut reaction when you're like, would they make him like sad and stuff? Yeah. It was just going to, my what I would say in that situation is because he's a real man. Like they always say, I'll like be a man, hide your emotions. No, a real man understands that those emotions are important. They're yeah. not, they're unnecessary. Like, well, and that's why showing it on screen is a good thing because a person seeing this, seeing, you know, especially like, you know, the stuff with Felix and the stuff with his, uh, with Madeline and Mathilde, seeing mm-hmm. that stuff, being like, oh, my hero, James Bond, can be a badass while also having emotion. Exactly. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. In fact, it is better because he has those. Mm-hmm. You, you need to understand that side of yourself to be a better person. Like, yeah. that's the, the lesson that Inside Out taught us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that was a great, like, to, to have it in this film. And it was scattered throughout the other uh, Daniel Craig films, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he showed emotion and things, and they talked about a lot of his past and stuff. But to have this really be the foothold of this movie be yeah. Bond's emotion and relationships to people yeah it really works as bringing it all together bringing daniel craig's legacy of bond all together mm-hmm. and like even with a lot more of the other side characters too mm-hmm. yeah like one thing i kind of noticed is this how different it is with um m now than the m before than uh judy dench's m mm-hmm. uh because like i i mean the first thing that made me sort of start thinking about it is like with judy dench I, she always was kind of like she's she's the head of a spy agency yeah. so she's also like doing things in secret and like yeah has her finger in a bunch of different pies and like all that kind of stuff yeah. and so like you never know exactly what she's doing but I always felt like I could trust her mm-hmm. like there was always just sort of this weird air about her where I was like I know she's a good guy like yeah. I I have no doubts yeah. but then with um Ray Fiennes with Ray, yeah with Ray Fiennes it's it's a little 
at least for part of this movie, it was a little bit less. Like, I was unsure. Yeah, because I think we're going from the perspective of Bond, and Bond just came back, and, you know, yeah. they had that row, you know, that little He just, like, in. he's kind of aggressive yeah. for a little bit of it. And he's just like, you don't need to know what I'm doing. Like, trust me. And it's just like... Eh. Well, and I mean, he gets, he gets the F word, too. <laughs> like, like yeah. It was more in a funny context, though. Like, cause yeah. when, uh, he's like, you didn't tell anybody, right? And then he found out that he was with Q in... Uh, with, oh yeah, with Money Penny, and he was like, "Oh, for f's sakes!" Yeah. <laughs> he realized they were all there. Yeah. Uh, but but then you get that like uh, another moment I really love is at the very end when they're all in M's office and they're toasting Bond. He puts that other glass mm-hmm. in the table for Bond, and then at the end he's like, "All right, let's get back to work," and 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 taps it, taps it, yeah. and kind of like a, "I'm still with you, Bond," you know, like. But also like Q, I, I think mm. for me when when it really comes out is when he's on the plane and he realizes that Bond isn't, isn't going to make it. Yeah, when he's and, infected with and it. Then he, and then he realizes it's because he's has the Heracles in him and it's well, for Madeline. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like he can't... Like, even if he did live, there, it wouldn't be much of a life. Well, him, I, so. and just hearing Q say, like, oh, no, 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 where he's, he's kind of in the denial where he... Yeah. You know, and also another moment with M is in that scene as well when they're all listening into all of this and you see just the stone face on M and uh, you see the, like, uh, Monty Penny, she, her lip is quivering and just, like, all this stuff. It's like, it's like Bond can be a pain in the ass sometimes. But, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gotten the job done and he cares for his friends and his, I mean, pretty much his family. And, like, he's a good man. He is. Like... I mean, this is something we touched on back when we did Solo, but it's like, I don't think you really like necessarily see him as like, oh, the good guy, because he kills people and he's like doing bad yeah. stuff objectively. But like, he is still in his heart like a good person. Well, and one of the things I've always loved, especially about the Daniel Craig Bond, is he always seems to be on the job. Like, you can call it a oh, workaholic, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he's always trying to be like, I gotta save people. I gotta help people. I gotta, you know, like even when he's in retirement, you know, he he he's like, I gotta do this because it's the right thing to do. He's always like, it, it never stops for him, and that's kind of what you know, like it it makes it hard to have people to love and stuff. Yeah, but uh, uh, having a family is difficult when there's people out there trying to kill you all yeah. the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's another reason why he didn't have a lot of people like that. And, like, I mean, even he tried to retire with Madeline. And, you know, you had the uh, Blofeld try to blow up the, blow him up and, you know, sent guys after him. Sent, uh, I, I oh, man. That reminds me. I guy. I guy. We got I guy and Book of Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> um, the scene where uh, Vesper's grave oh, yeah. blows up. And I, just the little detail where, like, he. It takes him a second to get up, and then his ears are ringing for, like, for that whole scene. Like, and then he yeah. walks down the hill, and he's, like, walking across the bridge to go back yeah. to the city. And his ears are still ringing, yeah. and he doesn't notice the car behind him. And I was just like, that's... I love that. Yeah. Because, like, he, he would be, like... Like, his ears would be ringing for a long period of time. Like, I went to a concert one and, once mm-hmm. and didn't bring earplugs, which is a mistake. <laughs> and my ears were ringing for, like, three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it like one of my notes is Bond gets beat to crap, you know. Like, yeah, he gets <laughs> like, really beat up. Yep. Um, and it like I that it's another we talked about it before, but seeing your hero get beat up adds a lot to it. I mean, 
We'll talk about it around Christmas time, but one of the, my things that I always go to is John McClane in oh, Die absolutely. Hard. Like, seeing how beat to crap he gets. Like, it really adds to, like... It really makes you, like, when you see them him fight or get hurt and stuff, it really makes you feel for him and makes you on the edge of your seat because yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. You see him... Like, when you see an action movie where they're not really getting cut up or whatever, you're like, oh, this is cool. This is whatever, you know? Yeah. You don't really fear for them or you don't really uh you need something to humanize your characters yeah well yeah and it makes you root for them more too when you yeah. see them get beat up like this because you're like oh come on you can get out of it you can get out of it come on come on and like seeing mm-hmm. some things like in this movie when bond like gets shot in the shoulder like it like just grazed him but you're like oof, that could have been somewhere else you know like yeah and just but even with that like when he gets shot in the shoulder and it just like grazes him and it like it gets yeah. him I mean, I think a lot of it is because he's still, like, partially dazed from the explosion. But, like, the fact that he just kind of doesn't react. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Because he's like, he just got shot, and he doesn't really care. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's probably got a few grazes in his life, yeah. so it probably doesn't I mean, feel like much to him. <laughs> and then there's also the scene where he and then the new 007 get a thing in their neck. Oh, of, yeah. Like a tracker, and he's just like, ooh, that hurts. And it, like, kind of startles him while he's in the middle yeah. of a sentence. He's, like, annoyed about it. Yeah. And then... She gets it, and she's just like, "Whoa!" Like, 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 like she has more visceral, more reaction. significant reaction because yeah. it's just like it actually hurts really bad. He's yeah. just like really good at hiding his pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Which is another great thing, to, you know. Like you said, he's really good at hiding his pain, but then when he shows his emotions and stuff, that's another that makes them that much more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and meaningful. Yeah, and I think. Sort. I guess. Like, I don't have a lot more to talk about, so I kind of like to wrap it up. Unless I mean, I else. I just have a couple things where okay, it's sure. like, go ahead. Like, I think I mentioned a little bit how they have some of those James Bond isms throughout this, even though they're yeah. Making, like, I love seeing the gadgets and the you know, like you talked about the magnet elevator. Oh where, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a James Bond magnet, but that was one of the bad guys. But still, yeah. That, but it's still like really cool. Yeah. It's like this thing, it spins and it shoots out a bunch of these magnet. I don't even know what to call them. Yeah. Like pods? Like pucks? Yes, I don't know. And then that creates a field, and then they they put on this like sort of harness, and they jump down, and it catches them. And I'm just like, that's cool. <laughs> it's cool to have, like, you know, back in the day, they would have, like, James Bond uh, pen bombs, where, he, like, he had a pen that he would click three times, and that he would throw it. And, mm. you know, silly things like that. And, you know, you can still have some silly gadgets in here, like in the Aston Martin, he has the machine guns out of the, the yeah. headlights, you know? Um but like it's and cool also that, the there's explosive like uh, caltrops that he oh, yep. drops out the mm-hmm. back. That was more <laughs> the classic Bond gadgets. Yeah. But it's cool to have these more like uh, you know he still has all these cool gadgets, but like uh, they're all more realistic. You know, like with the the watch. You know, it had the the high pitched sonic thing that yeah. messed with electronics. And, and I mean to go along with that, you also still get some of these. James Bond one liners. Like I loved like in the theater. I think I laughed more than. Anybody else did when? Uh, when I don't he, doubt that at all. When he was fighting uh, I, I guy, and uh, you know he has him in a chokehold, and it doesn't seem like he can get him anywhere else, and so he turns on his watch, explodes the eye in his his uh, in his head, and then he was like, "Bond, Bond, are you there?" It sounded like you were in a rugby match, and he's like. Yeah, I just showed someone your new watch. Really blew their mind. And then, like, I was just like, just hands, fists up in the air. I was like, yes. I was like, there it is. There's a bond line for you. That's what we're. That's what we're looking for. That's what it's all about. Woo yeah. <laughs> like I, I think I appreciated it way more than a lot of other people did. <laughs> like yeah, it, it's just one There's of those. several of those. Yeah, 
Um, I think he made uh, another joke about Eye Guy too earlier, where he said something like, "Oh, it's really eye opening." Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. There, but, there's a couple of puns, yeah. and quips. But like that's that is one thing from the original James Bond movies that I've always gravitated mm-hmm. towards is, uh, and you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger quips and things, you know. But like seeing them take all those. You need to chill out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Consider it divorce. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, there's one in uh, I think it was uh, it was Moonraker. Where he's making out with a girl in zero G, and they're 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 talking with Bond, like M's talking with Bond on a screen, and he sees what's happening, and he's like, Bond, Bond, what are you doing? And then Q goes, I think he's attempting rear entry, sir. Oh <laughs> and, no! <laughs> and it's just silly things oh, like that. No. <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah, it, it's dumb, but like I'm glad when they they. Uh. <laughs> They uh yeah well, like I mean there's a there's a lot of movies that, that we've talked about like I mean we just did Tron Legacy mm-hmm. where it's like it is sort of a modern interpretation of something that was a classic and with that one it's a much more obvious like yeah. update but with this it's just like it, we're sort of taking that James Bond that existed and we're just like changing it just enough to where it feels like just more modern it elevates Bond more. Than just an action star. Yeah. Like, this is kind of what I wanted to say, sort of was like, kind of, my last thing. It was yeah. just like, this movie felt different. Like, every once in a while, I'll, like, I, I think I mainly noticed it in, like, a theater, where I watched something and it was, like, really good, and I'm just, like, sitting there, I just kind of want to, like, chill and sit down and just, like, think about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, think about how it made me feel. And, like, it's just sort of this, I, I, I hesitate to quite call it, like, an out-of-body experience, but it's just sort of like this weird, like surreal thing where I'm just like like I don't know it makes me feel different about like things in my life and like mm-hmm. look at things differently and think about things differently and it's just this kind of weird experience and I think that's one of the reasons why I love movies so much because it, oh, yeah. it makes me feel that way it's hard to quantify and so besides using some of these vague terms like I don't think I really describe it better but like when I was done like earlier I was thinking about how I have a class tonight that I have to get to. So it's like, I have to make sure we start recording on time. I have to make sure we get here on time. So like, I can we can schedule all this stuff. And I can get home, like maybe do some cleaning up before Allie gets home and like from work and all that stuff. And it's just like, none of that mattered yeah. anymore. Like the anxiety that I had of like figuring out all that stuff was just kind of like, Ooh, I so mean, gone. that's that's why I love movies, man. It's like, movies are kind of my... Uh, like, I mean, I know a lot of people are like this, but they're like my, oh, what's the word? Like, my good place, my, my, my place, my my happy place. I think, yeah. I, I, think okay. that's, I think that's what I was going for. Probably, yeah. But movie are, movies are my happy place. And so, like, when I'm not feeling good, when I'm having a bad day, I go sit down, I watch a movie, and I see James Bond. And it's crazy to think about how, like, I see this movie, and James Bond makes me want to be a better person. You know, I know that may yeah. sound silly to some people, but, like... Well, I mean... We've talked about it a lot, like all the different yeah. ways he like just shows this more like true relationship and like true emotion with with people that like this this vulnerable way that I haven't seen before with mm-hmm. James Bond at least. Like it makes it m- so much more meaningful for me, and it makes it so much more emotional that he won't get to experience that time with his daughter or yeah. more time with like. I mean, Madeline. this is just a quick note, but like yeah. one thing that I hesitate to say like because. It's, yeah. It's, like, not a good thing. But, like, one thing I enjoy seeing in movies is when, like, a death 
is just sudden. Yeah. And with, with James Bond, like, at the very end, when the missiles are coming in, uh, you see them, like, break up into, like, these cluster missiles yeah. in the sky, and I'm like, that's terrifying. Yeah. And we all know it's coming, because you can hear them, you can see them, like, they're flying up overhead. The whole time he's talking there. And yeah. he's tied to where they all know he's not going to make it, and then finally you see one land, a second one land, and then the third one just, like, white. Yeah. And it's just, like, there's no sound from him, there's no cry, like, it's just gone. And, like, that's why I say, like, it's it's bad because he's dead. But, yeah. like, it, I don't know. It, it kind of puts certain things into perspective sometimes. Like, he's just, whoop, gone. And, like, I'm I'm so glad he got that opportunity to tell Madeline how he felt. Yeah. And, like, explain things and, like, get closure and, and like, get them to the point where they can maybe move on and be okay. But in that moment, like, it didn't dwell on his death I no. guess like like we all knew it was coming and then once it got here it was almost like peaceful the part like you said the part that it focused on is that he was able to resolve all of that and that he was able to get Madeline and Matilde to a good place and that he knew alright they're safe there's not much else I can do and then let himself go yep let himself go and everything was better because Bond you know yeah. did what he had to do and you know, it was one of those things, like like we talked about when he realized that he couldn't go back to her because he had the uh, the Heracles on him. Just like that moment in his eyes that he realized where he he had to do this. It's like he had that brief moment where he was just devastated. You could see yeah. it. You could see it where he was like, I won't get to spend any time with my daughter. I just got them. Yeah. And now they're gone. Like, yeah. And I think that's why it was so like, I mean, obviously people react in different ways, but I think that's why it was so... Blase the way he killed Safin because he was like, I don't even care to look at you anymore. Yeah, you know, it was like, like kind of like I was saying, it, he's sort of like dismissed from the film after that. Yeah. I think that's part of a way of putting into perspective like Bond no longer cares about him. Yeah. He is eliminated and he's gone. Like, it just doesn't matter. Yep. What's mat- what matters is that he saves his family. Yeah. Not just Madeline Matilde, but like Q and Monty Penny and M. Those mm-hmm. are his family. Bond didn't have anybody else. Like we talked about with Felix, another thing that really hit home with all of that was that Bond doesn't have many friends. Yeah. You know? I mean, he has almost no friends. Yeah. (laughs) And so when he loses that one friend of his, you know. And like someone that he could actually call a brother. Yeah. Like someone who is out in the field with him all the time. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's all those other people, all those other, like the guys in the chair that are helping him out. But like. They're not out there in in the weeds with him, like yeah, like, like I said, just that last line that Felix had, where he was like, "This was a good life, right?" And he says, "The best there is." You know, they both had that shared experience, mm-hmm. and uh, and like you could even see like when he was talking with M, and he mentioned that Felix was dead, and you, you see that pause that M had, where he knew how close Bond was with Felix, and he had that. Because, like, at first he was like, yeah, I don't answer to Felix Slider. I don't blah, 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 blah. But then when he's like, of course you don't. Felix is dead. And then M was like, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just, it. like, I mean, that's the one, like, it's crazy. I didn't even really think about it until this viewing with you. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think that's one reason why I love this one. Because I think Casino Royale is still technically my favorite because that's the one that really got me going. Yeah. But uh, this movie is probably at least my second, whether it's, like, almost up there with Casino Royale. 
But it's because of the emotion and because of how just well done this film was. Like, because it had amazing action. It had so many great sequences. I mean, that that court courtyard sequence with the Aston Martin where he's spinning around and shooting <laughs> them and stuff. I mean, like I said, tickles my action movie brain. But then, like, I have all this emotion that makes me fall in love yeah. with this character more than I ever have before. And, like, I'm okay. Yeah. That he's gone. Like, I'm me okay too. that it's done. I like, mean, I, I'm not sitting here like, man, that was that was a bad ending or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm okay. It's fine. Yep. Like it was, it it was a good run. Yeah. And now it's over, and like I'm glad it was here while it was. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got five movies with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we talked about it before, but I'm pretty sure Daniel Craig had the longest run years wise as. Because yeah. I think a couple of had uh, a couple more movies, but uh, yeah. like Sean Connery and Roger. But Moore, as far but... as like from the, the first time he was he played Bond till he stopped playing Bond, like yeah, he had the longest run. It was two thousand six when he started playing Bond. Yeah, to two thousand twenty one. For crazy. Yeah, Daniel is. Craig is a very talented actor. He <laughs> is very talented. One of these days we're gonna have to talk about Logan Lucky because that that's a movie that's it's one of those movies that just pops into my head every now and again. And he he plays this redneck. Yeah, explosive. I don't know very much about it. He he plays a redneck explosive expert named uh, 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 what is it? What's his name? Oh, I forget. But he has a crazy redneck name and uh, uh, like Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. But I think his brothers do, but like, but yeah, he has an accent kind of like that. And there's a moment where they br- bust him out of prison, and they're they're like, "Here, here's some new clothes for you." And he's like, "Don't look back here, cause I'm getting naked." And he says it just like that. It's like I uh, love Daniel Craig so much. That reminds me of when I watched Knives Out with Allie, yeah. and. Daniel, Daniel Craig started talking and she's like, what is this accent? And she's like, I love it, but like, what's going on? <laughs> That's not Daniel Craig. There's a hole in this donut. <laughs> yeah, uh, incredible actor. And I think this was such a amazing conclusion to his run as James Bond. Yeah. And like, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it before, but like, I did not expect to get this deep. No. Like, not at all. I, I was like, oh, towards the end, we can talk a little bit about that. Like, it was kind of nice. And then it was just like, no, the whole episode is just, like, brotherhood and, like, the true meaning of, like, family and, like, friendship and stuff like that. And that's what's great about, like, a lot of people, like, I feel like, you know, would just see this movie, like, it, 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 as what it is. You know, like, on the surface, it's an action spy movie. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And if that's mm-hmm. all you take from it, great. But if you just dig a little deeper, See, and I mean, and that's the thing is with this one, you don't even really have to dig. No, you, you don't, you, you don't See, really have to dig. I, I've been thinking about this a little bit more. I don't want to dwell on it too long because, yeah. like, we're pretty much done here. Yeah. But like, just just real quick, like, it's been irritating me. It's kind of it's grinding my gears. Um, you know what really grinds my gears? So we've been recording this podcast for like a year and a half now, technically. We've been releasing it for eight months. Um, no, nine months now. Um, no, it's the end of August, so eight months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so two, you know, two-thirds of a year. That's pretty solid. But like, we've been recording it for a lot longer than that. And doing this podcast, I think, has fundamentally changed the way I look at things. Like, not just movies, but like things. Yeah. So often nowadays, I will see people like just complaining about stuff. And I'm just sitting here like... Guys, quit it. Like, just... It's annoying. Just stop. Like, it doesn't matter that much. No. Like, just... 
look at it for what's good. Like you're you're looking for the bad. And if you do that, you'll find it. Yeah. Like just try to see something good. Even if the whole movie isn't amazing, like or the whole game or the whatever. Like there's I keep <laughs> I I do most of the posts on on the on Facebook, Facebook yeah. uh, the Facebook page and for some reason, it keeps re- recommending me like these other pages that talk about movies. <laughs> and almost every time, I'll see this dumb thing where it's like, "Look at this stupid thing from a Marvel movie," and I'm right. just like, "Guys, shut up!" Like, well, and that's the another <laughs> thing is, it is okay if you go into a movie and you're like, "Oh, I didn't like that." Yeah. All right, move on. Be like, or, or even if you're like, "I didn't like that," but. This was cool. Yeah. This, like, even if it's just, like, this one thing was yeah. really neat. Yeah. Like, I liked the, how they framed this one shot. Or, like, uh, or like this one stunt was really yeah. neat. Or something like that. I don't know. It's, like... It, it's one of those things. It's, like, why look for the bad when you can look for the good? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it's... Like I'm saying, it's, it's made me look at the world differently. So, where it's, like, now being negative is, like, grating on me. Yeah. Like... Other people being negative, I'm just like, guys, stop. Like, it's not that bad. Like, you don't have to look at it this way. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, almost pleading, like, guys, seriously, just, like, try mm-hmm. a different outlook. Like, it's just sort of the idea of, like, I, I had a, a, my band teacher once was, yeah. like, life is um, 20% what happens to you and 80% how you react to it. Yeah. And so it's just, like, you can go through some really, really bad shit, really bad stuff. But if you are just, like, optimistic about it and, like, try to see good things, like, you can still be a truly happy person. I mean, it's similar, <laughs> it's similar to, like, I mean, it's a little bit different, but, like, Ana de Armas's character in this is she's in a stressful situation and yeah. stuff, but she's acting happy and, like, okay, you know, this is what I have to do. It's my job. Yeah. Might as well act happy about it. You know, like, and even, even Bond, I think that's why he has his quips. He has his jokes about you know like when she starts unbuttoning his shirt and stuff i think that's why he has all that is because it helps him get through all the bad stuff but anyway like i don't know that that's basically everything i wanted to say yeah like i no. i think we're we got it to a good spot to sort of no for finish sure. it out yeah um, um i i love the daniel craig movie so much yeah like the just in general not just james bond <laughs> but <laughs> definitely the daniel craig movies we need a bookshelf and put them all on there <laughs> I mean, I own a lot of Daniel Craig's movies. Yeah. Um, I, I really loved experiencing this with you and getting the, like, we've done this a few times, but like being able to find the deep in, in a movie like this. Yeah. And like I said, you, when you really look at it, you don't really have to dig with this movie. It's yeah. just whether you choose to absorb that part or not. And like how you absorb yeah. it. Whether or not you're like, oh, that was cool. Or yeah. I didn't really like And it's it. fine. If you watch this movie, just like, oh, that was a badass movie. Awesome. If that's yeah. the way you took it, great. But if you want to look at it differently, you can. Yeah. And I think that's just films in general. So many, like, it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, many different people can take it many different ways. Yeah. And anyway, you know, I think <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. You can find us on uh, Anchor, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, we always appreciate you listening in like yep. thank you <laughs> as i said last time also like if you enjoyed an episode Tell share it just even just one person yep. that's all we need really um and, and getting an aston martin and have some fun yeah <laughs> yeah driving aston martin <laughs> they are so cool <laughs> um, 
always, remember to watch what you love and love what you watch.